Welcome to the Float Universe Podcast. This episode of the Float Universe Podcast is brought to you by Float Boston, located in Somerville, Massachusetts. You can check out their center and make appointments online at floatboston.com. They love floating and can't wait to share it with you. www.floatboston.com You know what memes are? Memes are the smallest units of a concept. And they're like genes. The word is deliberately constructed to to rhyme with gene. And so when I say every woman should have consider having only one child that's a meme and that meme goes out into society where it competes with the family values meme the gay lifestyle meme the celibacy meme they all compete like animals in an environment an environment of information and then uh, some win and some lose you know like the meme of the 18 child family is not doing too well these days yet in 1800 the average american woman gave birth 13 times in her life the average american so memes memes come and go and then and they compete sometimes fairly with each other sometimes not i mean a bad meme can gain ascendancy if you artificially enhance it by spending money you hire a publicist and then they say a bad idea is a good idea and then the bad idea gains a certain coherency so uh, yes and under the influence of technological innovation and psychedelic drugs and cultural pluralism and all these things uh, more and more memes are being generated and released uh, you know, forms of like shamanism is a meme. The I Ching is a meme. Yoga is a meme. Uh, Chinese herbal medicine is another meme. And these things just furiously compete. Uh, and the ones with the the most effective memes, whatever that means, always this mystery, the survival of the fittest, and then whoever survives, you call the fittest. Tonight's guest is someone whose content I have been following online for the past four years. He is the admin of the meme accounts Cabbage Cat Memes and Doggo's Doing Things. Between his Facebook and Instagram accounts, he has over a million and a half followers. He is a kind and funny guy, and I am proud to call him my friend. Please welcome John Trilly. Good evening, my friend. Thank you for the really great intro. Thank you. Thank you for doing the first episode. <laughs> of course. You got me into memes, and I had the honor of being on the last episode of Memers in a Prius Drinking Kombucha. So I wanted to repay the kindness uh, by putting you on episode one. I so, love it. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good, man. Um, I guess the first question I have for you is, how did you get into memes? How did I get into memes? Um, I was always like anti-social media and technology for a long time i was like driving around using pay phones and i was like i can't be part of that system listening to alex jones and whatnot but uh 
eventually somebody just like gave me an iPhone 4 and I just busted onto Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That was like 2014, I'd say, or 2013. So I've been going for about five years now on the uh, social medias. And I mean, you just like see memes all day. And the ones that I was seeing, they were just like so. At the beginning, you know, they just weren't very funny or creative because they weren't really coming from many funny people. But a lot of people on my Facebook friend list were just like changing them around or making them funnier or like stupider. Pretty much like ironic style at first. Just yeah, changing the memes to make them worse on purpose because we already didn't like them so much. And then it just became like really fun and we started getting attention. So it's been going that way ever since. <laughs> Yeah, I remember you telling me when we first met that uh, you got into memes because you were to make fun of memes, yeah, which, I, for which sure. I thought was funny. You weren't taking it seriously, and this non-seriousness has actually turned into a pretty big thing for you. Yeah. Um, so my question is, uh, how do you make your memes? Uh, what, what tools do you use, and where do you find the pictures that you use to make the memes? Okay, so I make everything on an iPhone. I always have. I'm not like an Apple fanboy or anything, but I just figure at this point switching to Android, like I'd have to buy apps again. But yeah, I just use like the apps change all the time. I use like PixArt or Over or Twitter. Twitter is the simplest one. Like I just sc everybody scrolls like Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all these things like for like five hours a day. So whenever I see a picture that I think is funny, like I just save it. And then, like, sometimes I just, like, go into my pictures and make memes on, like, Twitter. Or now sometimes I use that Momus app, the new one that Adam the Creator made. Yeah. That makes it really quick and simple. But, yeah, so, I mean, I just save pictures all day. And then, like, if I have ideas, I just, like, see what I got in the old iPhone gallery. Probably save, like, 30 pictures a day at this point. That's very similar to what I've been doing. Um, I have about 100 Tumblr accounts I follow and <laughs> Reddit. Yeah. But, um, you know, I do what you do. I save the, the funniest pictures, mm -hmm. and then I will try to go back to them later for, yeah. like, for the words to come to me. I'm not trying to force it. Do you, how do you come up with the actual the words and the pictures making the actual joke? Like, what, where do you... Um, I mean, I do force it once in a while sometimes it just like takes saving the picture and seeing it for like a few days in a row and then like it comes to you like what you want to match with it so usually like it's uh, that's the best way the most natural because like it's in your head somewhere and like and all your ideas are like matching it automatically once you've been doing it for so long like you create like a meme brain path in your head you know <laughs> True. That's that's something I see. I, I used to tell people all the time in the beginning. I'm like, look, it's in the beginning. It's not going to be as fluid. It's not going to be as easy to do. But you do create create this meme groove of uh, mm -hmm. of just doing it all the time. It's like flexing a muscle. There's like a muscle memory to creating yeah, memes. For sure. And uh, you know, it's funny today. I went back and rewatched all six episodes of. Uh, the memers in a Prius drinking kombucha, and yeah. I think one of the things that uh, at least two or three of the episodes were talking, and I, I was one of them, yeah. how how kind you were actually 
because uh, you inspired me. It was you and Dab Moms, you and Spencer in the beginning, who really inspired yeah. me to. Um, I, I loved your memes, but I was also inspired to make my own because of you. And it was actually you were the first person to um, respond to one of my DMs because um, you had this account called New Oak Order. Mm-hmm. and uh, I was super inspired. It, that one made me laugh the most in the beginning because it was basically <laughs> along the same kind of path I was on with conspiracy theories and aliens yeah. and yeah. Alex Jones and stuff like that. And so you mm-hmm. were one of the first people, I think you were the first person actually to respond positively, respond <laughs> at all to um, to my Inquisition. So I thank you for that. Um, of like, course. You, you started all of this for me. Um, <laughs> That's a lot of pressure, brother. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what like Luke, Big Luke the Freak was saying today too. When I was rewatching that. But um, what are some of the meme accounts that have, that inspired you in the beginning? Um, was I didn't even use Instagram when I first started. It, I was just a Facebook person. So like, I don't even think there are really pages. Like, all my friend group on Facebook wasn't using pages at the time. Like, we were just making stuff on our personal Facebooks. And sharing them and it took until sunny side up he found me on facebook and like messaged me and he posted one of my memes to his page which had like i remember i was painting a house and like he posted a meme to a page with eighty-two thousand followers sunny side up and i was like holy shit like this is big <laughs> i thought it was like game over for painting you know yeah, I was like, I made it. Of course, I worked construction for like two more years, but I thought that was like huge. And then Sonny kept posting my stuff. He told me to like, come on to Instagram because like you get on Facebook, like the pages are all broken without paying. So on Instagram, you just get way more attention more easily for meme pages. Excellent. Um, so. Having, I mean, I went and counted today. So you're as much as I could count. You may have more that I couldn't <laughs> find, but Cabbage Cat Means got six hundred thirty-five thousand followers. Doggo's <laughs> doing things has seven hundred twenty-two. Jazz Cabbage, uh, I think that's one that you share with Sunny Side Up, which was originally yeah. New Oak Order, which you switched mm-hmm. over, right? Yeah, that's at forty-five point seven. Now, um, are you still a contributor to Top Tree? Yes, I am. That's another one of my favorite accounts, and that's uh, 562,000 followers. I made some of the memes that were on there today. <laughs> yeah, oh, and uh, let's see, specific 2001 Civic. Now, I know, I don't think that counts really active anymore, but that one sits at 39.3 thousand followers. Solid 39.3 on a $1,000 car. Right, which I find amazing. And I went and looked at some of the Facebook pages, too. They, I don't I don't know if any one of the Facebook pages was as big as any of these, but... Nah. Um, the New Oak Order page, um, I think it had like 19 or 14,000. and think the cap- Yeah, there's a few at like 10K, but I don't use the Facebook pages anymore. They deleted yeah. my big one, and I was just like, whatever. I don't feel like working on it. What was your big one on Facebook? Well, it's Cabbage Cat started on Facebook. Oh, so that was bigger before, because I, I went to Cabbage Cat today, and I think it was like 7 or something like that. Only yeah, 7, the old one got deleted, and then I like put... I made a new one and put, like, five things on it and just gave up. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering <laughs> about it. I, I thought I remembered that Cabbage Cat on Facebook being a huge one. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was, like, 80K, but at the time, for a Facebook page, everyone thought that was, like, incredible. Right. Now, now they are all at, like, 500, 2 million. Like, 
a lot of the old pages are huge now, but still, I mean, it's really hard to keep your momentum on Facebook pages. Now, what does it have? What does it feel to have that kind of reach to to be able to basically with any kind of message you want? I mean, they're mm-hmm. all comedy messages, basically. You never get too serious, which is good. But yeah, what's it like to be you know with Cabbage Cat? That's six hundred thirty-five thousand people. That's I can't even imagine putting that in perspective. <laughs> they're like uh, like fifty thousands a stadium. So that's like yeah, you know. I mean, it's definitely impossible to imagine. Sometimes you feel the pressure of like anything you post like is going to this many people so it has to be good and then you just keep guess like second guessing yourself and you're like there's nothing good enough to show this many people but most of the time I just imagine it's like posting to like 50 of my friends you know like I never get caught up in the like seeing how many likes or comments it has or what people are saying at this point it's like I just post whatever I want if I think something's okay or funny, like, I just post it and leave and, like, go do something else. When we were hanging out before, when you were down here in Florida, I think you remember, I think I remember you telling me you had, like, six phones, like, on you at, yeah. any, at any given time now Yeah. Uh, for each account, or, I mean, that's an incredible amount of, I have two that I, one I dedicated to memeing, but uh, six. I'm down to two. Oh, that's good. That's yeah, good. Yeah, it was, it was too much. I hated having, like, so many cables and things to take care of but i mainly did it for the phone numbers to like for two-factor uh verification purposes one of the difference between your accounts and a lot of those other accounts i follow on instagram is a lot of these accounts for a while they would sell tea and then you know dildo ads basically mm-hmm. adam and eve stuff like that i yeah. never see you post ads like that if they do they're very covert how do you make, do you make money making, uh, making memes? And if so, if you do, how so? So I definitely make a living off of social media. I don't make a lot of money. I just make like enough to do what I need to do. Um, ghostwriting memes for people is like half of it. And then like all this year, all I did was running to other pages for people and making content for people like Top Tree and stuff like that. And I was making $2,000 a month, and I was like, that's good. Like, all I need is food and gas. Wow, okay. I wasn't going to ask you, actually, but I'm glad you actually told me. Um, you're actually making a certain amount. Like, I was going to, I was always curious how much somebody like you made doing that with that kind of reach. And, I mean, uh, I have friends on there that make a lot of money, but they're on there like 18 hours a day, like grinding sending out emails and like business proposals and all that but I was just never that hardcore sometimes I have like dreams of doing that but for now I'm just trying to figure out what I want to do I think I was watching um I forget who was watching the video today but you talked about you were you were doing ads for Gucci at some point yeah I just did that once um I got a dm from some italian guy and he's like hey i work at gucci and i'd like you to make me some some memes for us and like of course i think it's a scam because like all dms are pretty much scams at this point (laughs) but we we looked him up on uh, linkedin and he was like in milan italy or whatever and like all of his connections were in high fashion so it was legit and basically they just like sent me some pictures 
it was for like a watch line that they were dropping and they were like hey can you make some memes out of these they didn't tell me like how many or like what the price was or anything so i just pretty much went to starbucks thinking that like i'd get denied or i don't know but the pictures were pretty unmemeable like hilariously (laughs) hilariously like not funny pictures you know and that's what I liked about it. So I just took like, you know, like normal meme tags, taglines, like, I forget, like, uh, the guy versus the guy they told you not to worry about or whatever. Right, yeah. Just That's some okay. of those like ridiculously popular ones over like totally not funny pictures in any way. And I, I did it in like an hour sent them like 10 or 15 things and totally forgot about it and then like two months later like somebody showed me i was on their website or like a news article it was like gucci is making memes now and like my name was everywhere there was like 10 memers that did it like goth shakira we talked about it for a minute but yeah it was just like totally ridiculous everyone's like oh my god truly's working for gucci now (laughs) And, like, I ride the hype of it, even though it was, like, a one-hour gig. But for sure, like, I'm going to tell people about that when they ask me to work on something. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that says a lot about the state of memeing, too, where a, a company like that will dip into the, the talent pool of meme makers to do an ad campaign. Yeah, I was- like, I don't know, like, who at Gucci was following my page or all of these pages and, like, but... I mean, I think they did a pretty decent job picking people out compared to most companies. Well, I'll say one thing I've noticed about your memes is I found your memes way, way out of your pages. I found mm-hmm. them f- floating on the weirdest pages on Tumblr, and I'm like, oh, wow, like, it's, inc- it's incredible that I know you, but it's incredible <laughs> that the meme has traveled that far out of its basic uh, initial ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, it's just amazing to me how, how far these things have spread in such a short amount of time. Yeah, it's funny because, um, like, even some memes that I made, like, in 2015, like, at the beginning, you'll still see them on some random-ass Facebook page once in a while. Well, yeah, the one I reposted today that I went and retooled was the yeah. the, the, the the crystal table. I mean, that, that was one of the first memes I had found of yours. And I'm like, well, this this is just hilarious. And uh, <laughs> it's, still, it's still as fresh as it was three years ago, four years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, Gucci, they on their website, they have like a little page that's like at Cabbage Cat memes, a.k.a. John Truly. He's a quirky and irreverent. I forget what they wrote, but I remember those two words. Basically, they hired me knowing that I just am sarcastic and, like, make fun of anything that people ask me to do. Well, that's one of the things I find most incredible about you is you entered this, like, it kind of took over your life, and you didn't try to become a memer. A lot of people try to become. They try too hard. But yeah. I think one of the reasons of your success is you don't, try, you don't care, and you don't mm-hmm. try at all. And I remember one of the things you told me was, I asked you, do you create memes and then sit on them? And yeah. sometimes I'll do that, but I think you told me that you'll create a meme and you just put it out as soon as you create it, basically. Yeah, I still have to do that. Yeah. Basically, I, like, if I make two at night and try to wait till the next morning, I'll look at them and be like, eh, I don't know. Like, I don't, to the average person, that's probably just as funny as it would have been last night, but to me, it's like a repeat because I've already been, like, seeing it. 
So it just takes away from it, I think. Sometimes I'll make three memes in a row using the same picture and post all three in a row. Like, even though the reach goes down a lot, it's just funny to me to, like, break the rules of timing and all of that. Now, speaking of reach, um, I, I think all your pages are still public, right? Um, I, I put them on private, and I go okay. back and forth. Because that was the next question was, um, when, when I first got into this a few years ago, there was this whole thing, and I never got into a good one, and only towards the back end of it did mm-hmm. I even get in a few of them, but the, um, the groups, the, uh, the dank mean gangs, the, uh, yeah. the, the uh, what do they call those groups? The, like shout-out rotations. Shout-out like rotations, and, and uh, there's a specific name I can't think of, but uh, yeah, you were in the best of the best groups, if I recall. Um, in the beginning of like some of the people, weren't you in like a group with like, uh, wait, well, let me, let me just stop. Who were you in the groups with? If you don't mind me asking the first ones. Um, I mean, there was one on iMessage that started like when we all had like 10,000 followers or less with like shithead, Steve, Sonny, Tank Sinatra, just like a bunch of people. We had no idea what we were doing or that it was ever going to turn into anything more than like messing around, you know? And, like, it still happened. Like, people still talk in it years later. Like, some of them are, like, huge and, like, doing crazy shit. But, yeah, it's crazy that they all stuck together. And, like, there's one on Instagram that has, like, John Mayer and stuff. But the groups are just, like, too hard to keep up for me. Um, Yeah. I never did the like and comment ones. I never did that. Those are the ones I was talking about. Um, And there was a point there where you could game the algorithm where you yeah you'd go and comment put a put lol or whatever you want yeah. to say like the thing and every, yeah. you'd have to keep doing that over and over and over again all day and i was in a once i finally got into one of these groups it was a bunch of shitty accounts and <laughs> i was having to go to these accounts and I, I just had to stop because the the i was putting lol or lm lmao on just garbage yeah um but i am finally and i'm not it's not even for um getting followers anymore but i'm in a group called dosed out palace Mm-hmm. Which is which also has John Mayer in it, but he never obviously <laughs> is a part of it. Yeah, but it's a bunch of psychedelic and Grateful Dead pages all together. That's tight. And, yeah, and they share ideas, and we we refine each other's memes. But uh, I mean, it's definitely important if you're spending a lot of time to find similar people from around the world that are like you know just like a friend group online to like talk about what's going on. But I don't know, like. I don't do the shout-out rotations anymore. Once in a while, I will. The like groups, I never did, because, like, I just don't feel like doing something every 30 minutes all day. Like, I'll do something once a day, you know? Yeah. Oh, and now I remember the term, engagement groups. For those likes for uh, likes and comment yeah. for comment, the engagement groups, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they got annoying and repetitive, and people were liking me just... People were seeing that I was liking and commenting on just flat-out <laughs> reposted garbage. Um, yeah, from like 12 years ago. <laughs> right. And so now the new thing is, and I, I struggle with this because it, it you definitely get more followers if you're uh, a private page. For whatever yeah. reason, the algorithm, because it's private or because mm-hmm. people are sharing your content and they can't uh, they can't see what they're trying to show their friend, they, yeah. follow, they follow your page. And uh, the rate of attrition is usually like uh, I'll gain every four or five and I'll lose one because they'll join the page and they may or may not like the content and then they'll leave it. Yeah. But uh, it's been kind of disappointing though because to be 
private is you lose out on being on the feed. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know if you've experimented with it lately, but I have tried going back to being um, public for a while to try yeah. to catch a good 10,000 or 15, 20,000 like uh, post. But that even with my best posts, I'm getting at like 2,500, 3,000 at the most. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you experimented with that at all? Yeah, so, I mean, my page is the the likes go down all the time. Like, if you don't keep up, you're supposed to post, like, I don't know, Gary Vee and all of them, say, like, five times a day. You have to post five times a day. And I go a lot of times where, like, I'll post once in three days or, like, you know, right. like I, I skip days. I post once. Like, sometimes I'll post five times once in a while. But I just don't keep up enough where it keeps your reach up. So, like, I don't care, like, if I get, like, 3,000 likes or 20,000, like, I just don't look at it because then I'll think about it too much. But I do put my two biggest pages on private here and there. And so Cabbage Cat was at, like, 540K for, like, three months straight. Didn't go up or down anything, you know? The same exact number for, like, three months. And then... Uh, I was like with a bunch of friends in New York and they told me to just put it on private and test it out and it went up like 2k a day for a long time so I mean, right that seems went, about right it stayed the same for three months I turned it on private and it went up like 100k in three months so it's definitely wow. wor- <laughs> it's definitely working and yeah it's just because the explore page so people that use the Explore page don't follow anything. They just right. look around. They just look around. It's like whatever, just a random feed of like mostly garbage. But and then like if your friend sends you a DM of a meme, it's like nobody wants to follow meme pages. I think half of the people that use Instagram just want to follow their friends and then just like surf random stuff in the Explore page or through DMs. So it's just through DMs that it goes up because everybody has a group chat for memes and if you can't see it you click add and then like if you're on private and hit unfollow it gives you like a prompt like are you sure that right. you want to unfollow this page because they won't let you back in which is not true at all because everybody that's on private just goes on and clicks yes to everybody every day <laughs> but the page my pages wouldn't have gained as much as they did without it let me ask you this. Um, I've had a problem with this because I post extremely um, personal stuff relative my relative to my situation. Yeah. Um, and in the past few months, I've been detoxing and I've been feeling the polarity shift of how I was perceiving my journey with cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I obviously have a lot of people that smoke cannabis that were in my feed, and me posting memes about me detoxing or being somewhat anti-weed for the moment caused yeah. a lot of negative energy to be put into my comments. Mm-hmm. Now I read my comments. Now, yeah. you, you don't you don't post as, as, as hot button topic stuff as I do, but mm-hmm. do you ever read the comments? Do you ever delete people? Do you ever block people? No, not lately. Not in like two years. I used to a little bit, but I mean, on my personal page, yes, I read everything. On Facebook, I do. Sometimes there's a lot of comments, but just on Instagram, it's like I don't feel like looking through 2,000 people tagging their friends for like one person to be like, this isn't funny, bro, or something like that. Right. It's just, since it's not personal in any way to me, it's just comedy pages. 
there's really no reason for me to be looking through the comments. I just feel like it would be like four hours a day and like only adding negativity and not positivity to my day. Right. Um, when I was having that problem, I was listening to Joe Rogan one day and he was talking to someone about how this person was getting excited about the comments like I was, and he was talking about just posting it and dropping it. Just, you know, just yeah. posting your whatever and then not looking at the phone again until you go and post the next thing. So <laughs> that's what I do. That's what you do. Okay. Yeah. I don't even have notifications on for Instagram at all. Oh, I can't imagine you would have notifications on because I'm getting hundreds of likes all the time and I've only got mm -hmm. 35,000 people. You have, you know, 10, uh, 200, 200 times that amount, 20 times that amount. Yeah. I'm always signed into five accounts and it's like on the dog page, there's like a hundred people a day sending dog pictures on cabbage cat. It's like a bunch of people sending random memes and it would just be way too intense of a full-time job to be doing that. Yeah. Um, another thing I find interesting about uh, having a meme page is every once in a while a celebrity will like your stuff or they'll actually follow your page. Yeah. Um, I've got a few people that I admire that actually follow me back. Um, one, of one of them is actually Hamilton Morris, which I think is cool. Mm -hmm. I, don't know, I don't know if you know who that is, but uh, I don't. he does a show for Vice about psychedelics and he travels oh, the cool. world. Really cool guy. Um, but I was wondering if you had any interactions with anybody you admired or anybody famous that liked your page or liked some of your content. Um, honestly, no. Like, I don't really keep up with famous people for some reason. Like, I just don't know who anybody is. They used to have those apps where you could go through your followers by, like, how many followers they have. So I would see, like, all these people with millions of followers and, like, have to Google them. And it's like, they're on some TV show that you've never heard of or they're in a band you've never heard of. I mean, I think it's amazing and cool, and, like, there's, like, a girl from Game of Thrones that follows the dog page, and... Oh, wow, okay, yeah, that's that's was basically what I was getting at, because I get excited when a blue check, a person with a blue check follows me. Mm -hmm. I mean, that always gets me excited, I'm like, oh, you're somebody. I mean, sometimes, yeah. a, blue, sometimes a blue check person will only have, like, 5,000 followers, mm -hmm. but sometimes they'll have a million, you know, so... Yeah, no, that, I think it's it's great. I mean, I look up more... I'm just, like, so into, like, online humor that I only really keep up with, like, other people making jokes. So I think it's cool that, like, when other meme pages are following me and stuff like that, as opposed to celebrities. Right. Because I don't even follow any celebrities. It's pretty much all just meme pages. That's all I use Instagram for. You kind of sound like uh, like Namaste at Home Dad. I saw her comment one time. She somebody said I can't even remember who it was. It was somebody famous. She's like, some commenter was like, "Hey, so and so follows your page," and she's like, "She's like, I don't even look at who follows my page." I'm like, "Wow, like, like I need to be more like her." So yeah, that's I cool. Do it. I mean, in the group chats of Instagram people, like they get obsessed. Like, if I don't have two thousand likes in. 62 seconds it gets deleted and stuff like that and it's like since i just post and leave like it takes me you know five minutes but if you're just watching it all day like it's like i feel like that would be like being involved in the stock market where you're just like anxious the whole time you know well, like you if, know I, if I post something that gets 2,000 likes instead of 30,000 like it doesn't change anything <laughs> Nobody's going to unfollow you for, like, a mediocre meme, you know? Like, 
I've posted a bunch of shitty ads before and like still people don't unfollow you for that. So if they don't unfollow you for like a brand endorsement, that's not interesting, then they're not going to unfollow you because like your joke wasn't great. The other question I was going to ask you is, I just got out of one, but have you ever been shadow banned? I'm not really sure. I mean, I think so. I might be now. I don't know if it's like a, there's so many like secrets about Instagram and Facebook. I don't know if it's like a conspiracy, if shadow banning is true or like the algorithm or whatever, but. Well, you, you know the way to check, right? I mean, I've learned this way to check if you shadow ban. So what you do is you make a post and you tag it with a very obscure tag. Not like you're going to put love as the tag because you'll never find your own paint your own picture anyway yeah. but what, you, what you're supposed to do is you, you make an obscure tag and then you go and search that tag through another account mm -hmm. like you could you could put one of your accounts could make a post make an obscure tag and then like your dog was doing things could go and look for that obscure tag that cabbage cat typed in and if yeah. it's not if it's not there you're shadow banned oh, okay that makes sense so like they just don't show you on the hashtag search they take you out of the hashtag search, and they also take you. Your anybody that follows your page has to actively go to your page to see your content. Wow, I'm sure yeah. that's happened to me a lot. But yeah. I just figure mostly when my page is doing shitty that it's because I'm not posting enough. Because there's so many pages that are like 10 million followers, but they post every hour, and the content isn't good. Like it's just about how often you post. They just want more content. The more people that are on Instagram for longer is the more money that they make. So I figured they're just pushing more content pretty much. Right. And like, I've actually... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's just like their way of like punishing you for not doing your part on keeping people on their app, you know? True. And that's one thing I've noticed myself. If I take a day off... Um, that, that you just it's like a momentum thing and I took two weeks mm -hmm. off and it took me a long time to get back into the momentum of things and it's definitely yeah. I'm almost positive that's how it works if you take a couple days off mm -hmm. you are back at zero um, yeah I, I noticed it on my my personal Facebook page take a week off and like you're just back down to like 50 likes instead of 300 it's the same on Twitter like I only use Twitter once in a while but like, if you keep posting, like, I just got my highest-liked Twitter post of all time two days ago when I've had Twitter for, like, five years. Yeah, and Twitter like, is Twitter's a hard one. Yeah, like, I I average, like, 10 likes, and I got 4,000 the other day. Oh, wow. Do you remember mm -hmm. what, the, what the joke was? Uh, it was, like, a turtle wearing jeans that said, like, rise and grind, let's get these leafy greens. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like... Every social media, I think they're all, like, good in their own way. Twitter has its, like, own humor. Like, the people that stay on Twitter have their own thing going. People that have Instagram have their own thing. So I'm assuming your favorite is Instagram, right? Um, my favorite for browsing content. Right. For, I think, like, the jokes on Twitter every day are probably better. Well, but, I guess. Well, I guess it's relative to what you have, um, what you're following too, because mm -hmm. yeah, Twitter yeah. it takes a while to find people, but like I finally found ways, like funny accounts that tag other funny accounts and stuff like that. Right. But they're all just like really good comedy writers. 
and Instagram is good too, but it's harder to find the original people there. True, and I, I'm actually glad you um, watermark your your stuff because, as much as I'd like unwatermarked stuff, it's rife mm -hmm. for stealing, and not even so much that I'm worried about people stealing the content, but I like to go back and find the original uh, creators. Yeah, and uh, and you 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 tend to you tend to watermark, which is good. Yeah, I like to put a little watermark there because it's like, of course, it's like annoying and looks tacky, and it's like you don't own this or whatever, but. Still, my pages wouldn't be anything like they are now if I didn't do it. Because you post something, if it's like you're trying to create viral content, that's what meme people are doing. Like every day you're trying to make something viral. And then if you notice like somebody actually makes something that goes viral and they just get mad for two days, like DMing everyone like, hey, this is mine. Hey, this is mine. Right. Like, you just spent six months trying for this to happen but you're too good to put your name on it. I mean, I agree with them too, like they're fine, but if you just put your name on it, like, yeah, maybe it sucks, but like 700 random pages that you'll never even see, like might tag you and that's how you can grow. Because people tag me all the time for like old memes from two years ago, pages I've never seen, like your name's there and they just tag you all day. Well, that's what I like about you, too, and that's what I've always liked about you is you've always been one of those accounts that have been given, wherever you find the content, you give that the content creator the credit that's due. And mm -hmm. a, lot of, a lot of the bigger accounts, uh, I'm not going to name any names, but we know them, um, mm -hmm. have, been, have been accused or have been caught red-handed stealing other people's content. And, yeah. you know, obviously not a big fan of that. So that's one of, the, one of those things I really, really appreciate you um, going into that. Have you ever posted a picture or a piece of art or, you know, made a meme out of something where the original creator of the picture or the art has come and requested a copyright takedown? Yeah, definitely. Um, I had, like, a cat page. I think it's happened on two memes on there. On the dog page, it's happened once or twice. Like, now I'm, like, 100%. I only post dogs that I know who the dog owner is it takes forever to find every single one but like the dog owner people are just really into the copyright thing but for memes it's happened twice once was um some like internet artist he got mad about a meme and that's fine like he's doing it for a living but I always figured, like, just ask for a tag. I've always done it, and that will help you a lot more than taking it down and having people hate you. But aside from that, um, the other one was Alex Gray. Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned <laughs> Alex Gray. Go ahead. Yeah, so they just DM'd me, whoever runs the Alex Gray page. And they were like, hey, like, if you don't... Um, tag us immediately like we're going to take action against you or something and I forget like I replied something funny and they were like we'd have you delete it but you can keep it up because we think your page is really funny or something but oh, I made a big wow good I made a big deal out of it on Facebook just like Alex Gray like got mad that I used his fucking whatever but it, it was like a funny chapter of Instagram do you remember what the picture was 
it was just one of those pictures of like two like celestial beings making love in ah, okay. a big pile of different colors but right. yeah like I, it was like when you find a girl that wears the same clothes every day and like makes her own kombucha in the fridge and it was oh, just like oh yeah I remember that one yeah that was the one but I tagged them and it was great they're fine well, that's good to hear about, Alex, because I remember a couple years ago when I first got on Instagram, there was a lot of people not just making memes out of the Alex Gray artwork, but just mm-hmm. reposting it without any credit, kind of mm-hmm. like in, in lower resolutions, too. And I remember Alex Gray specifically, um, not, 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 not that he was making a fuss, it's his work, but I remember him almost getting to the point where yeah, he was about to start you know, pulling action on anybody that was putting Alex Gray artwork out there. So that's good that he allowed you to keep it up with... Uh, some recognition there, some attack. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm sure it's a pain in the ass, but, like, I looked up, like, DMT beings on Google Images, and, like, the first 600 are going to be him, you know? And, like, I didn't know that it was specifically him when I Google image searched it. Yeah. But, like, his stuff is just so out there everywhere that it's going to happen. He's the man. Um, so my next question is, um, I've got a lot of my own favorite meme accounts. And mm-hmm. one thing I like about you is you're, you're, you're just as honest as me, if not more mm-hmm. honest in a way. Like That's what I like about your Facebook, too. Um, but uh, who are you, some of your favorite meme accounts? Um, there's a lot. It's harder to keep up with now. I mean, of course, Sunnyside Up put me on. He's been making memes on like 10 different pages for five or six years now like he is an incredibly hard worker and he's always funny and then like gave ape shark of course yeah one of my favorites and also the original person who was the creator of uh, lettuce dog mm-hmm. which i didn't know you told me this too before you had cabbage cat and i guess yeah Lettuce Dog was the answer to Cabbage Cat, right? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, so oh, we, were face- we were Facebook friends for a long time. And, like, we were just, like, stage these, like, fake meme wars on our personal pages. Like, just about anything. Like, one of them was, uh, like, cargo shorts. So, like, I was pro-cargo shorts making all the memes. And, like, Addie was anti-cargo shorts. And, like, we would just go for, like, two days straight making stupid things on Facebook and having everyone, like, thinking it was, like, sort of real, but obviously not really real. And then I ended up making the Cabbage Cat page, just, like, random name, no thought behind it. I just had, as my profile picture at the time was, like, the picture of cat, the cat with cabbage on its head. So I was like, Cabbage Cat, that'll work. And so I made that page, and, like, it got, like, 10,000 followers on Facebook. So then Addie was like, hey... Like, do you mind if I make Lettuce Dog as my page and, like, we can still keep up with, like, the fake battles and, like, help each other out and stuff like that. So that's how that started. Yeah, I love, uh, I've gotten a lot of laughs out of you two for a long time. Uh, big shout out to uh, Lettuce Dog, a.k.a. Uh, Gay Vape Shark. Check <laughs> yeah. her out on Instagram. She's a hot page, but. Uh, for sure. So Sunnyside Up. Now you said he's got other pages. I know you uh, work uh, Jazz Cabbage with Sunnyside Up. Mm-hmm. 
What are some of his other pages? Um, I don't know, like, how public he is about... Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. No worries. But, I mean, I just wouldn't want to say, but he has, like, lots of pages that are a lot bigger than mine. Right, okay. Well, that was that was really the one thing I liked about you, is um, mean people in general... They're usually, they usually, at least the ones I encountered in the beginning and some of the bigger ones, they usually don't have the best disposition in terms of looking at life, mm-hmm. uh, and they're relatively private. But that's what I liked about you was uh, you're honest as literally possible, <laughs> and uh, that's what I like about your Facebook, too. When we first started talking about you coming down to Florida, yeah, uh, I remember you having to delete someone off your Facebook just to add me because... You're at the 5,000 limit on Facebook, and your Facebook is the highlight of my day, uh, especially when you're you're on a roll of making – you make the funniest comments. Like one of the funniest comments was about how the forefathers were back in the day, what they would be thinking now, or – no, no, it was about uh, how 10 years ago you were, you know – uh, anti, uh, like being public and sharing your yeah. information. And now it's like, let me just download my face into the Boston market app. <laughs> yeah. I, I basically did a spit take when I read that. <laughs> Scanning my face to get a Boston market app to get cornbread through the drive through. Exactly. Yeah. A lot has changed with, um, my, the war against privacy. I'm a casualty of, I'm just full blast into it now. Yeah, same same thing. I never thought I'd uh, scan my face into anything, but here I am. Yeah. Um, have you ever considered doing stand-up comedy? Um, I don't think I would do that. I've always been like terrified of public speaking. I like one time in in college, I had to do like a twenty-minute presentation on something, and I just never went to the class again and failed it. <laughs> 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 oh man! I was like, "Damn, that's like twelve hundred bucks." But like, whatever, just yeah. add it, add it to the pile. <laughs> but, was it was it communication class? I mean, usually that's the only one you have to give a speech for. Yeah, I don't even remember what it was. It was either that or some project. I was just bad at it. Like, I can talk to the people I want to talk to, but just like standing in front of a class that I barely went to, I was like, not happening. Yeah. Stand-up comedy is weird for me. Like, I respect the people that do it. It's crazy. I've listened to Joe Rogan a lot and, like, all of the people on there. So I know, like, how hard it is and how much work it is. But Well, you know, what I've thought about you is, and I've even thought about with myself, is these, when we, not only when we write a, we make a meme, but a lot of times meme artists will make, it's basically a two-punch of a joke. You get the meme itself, and a lot of times you'll get, like, the comment, underneath that that mm-hmm. goes the caption basically that goes with it and yeah my, my style is a lot of times it's either i'm going to be really lazy and put lmao or wow or big if true something <laughs> like you know some stupid thing yeah or a lot of times it'll be a one-two punch for me where i'll actually have the second part as the caption and yeah. so what I, what i was thinking is i have i mean i'm at like seven eight thousand posts on just one account and I could go back, and I could I could probably make a good a, at least a good ten minute set. And so for my sure. thought it, my thought is to you is I mean with the thousands of stuff you've posted and written on. I mean I was just going through your Facebook today in pre- preparation for this interview, and I was just laughing my ass off. And so, I mean just like the Boston app market app, there's one joke right there. So <laughs> yeah, you know, not, not not to try to push you in that direction, but I definitely think you have the material for it. 
I would have to learn like the formatting or like read a book on how to write comedy or something. Because all of this just started as like posting online. I don't even know why. Probably for attention or just as like an outlet or something. Yeah. Well, one of the things I noticed when I, the thing that got me into memes was I was going through a rough time in my life. I was going through a breakup or mm -hmm. I was, I was depressed. I was smoking a lot of weed and I was spending a lot of time on my phone and yeah. I, was, I was attracting a lot of things that were people in similar situations relative to mine. They were depressed or they were drinking or they were going through rough times in their life and they were, it was a massive amount of self-deprecation. I mean, some of it brutally, but, uh, <laughs> I think a lot of the memes are, uh, the funnier accounts at least, uh, are dark, mm -hmm. have that twist to them. Yours, yeah. yours isn't quite as dark, but uh, every once in a while I think you hit those tones. I definitely have gone dark without noticing before, and like people will tell me, and be like, dude, like, you need to stop posting such negative stuff. And like, I don't know, it goes up and down like with my mood in my life, and sometimes I don't notice, but... Just, like, with that amount of reach, I try to be careful, because it's, like, if I'm in a good mood posting, like, really depressing memes all day, like, that's affecting people, and it's not even true to myself at the time. Right. Which, like, sometimes it is, sometimes it's not, but just with the... I like, I like consuming those memes, because they are relatable, but I don't know if I need to be, like, adding to it so much like you know like just like suicide jokes and stuff like that well yeah that was a lot of the stuff I, not that i was suicidal but that was the level of darkness i was at for a few months years ago mm -hmm. when i first started i mean memes in general the first meme account i ever followed it wasn't even on instagram it was on the internet it was brown cardigan and it was yeah. back in the days it was brown cardigan versus la meme mm -hmm. i don't know if you remember those days la meme just disappeared but uh brown cardigan was always uh dark um, uh, uh, I'd say about 75% dark, like yeah. uh, cynical, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of alcohol, a lot of darker uh, <laughs> subjects. And, you know, as I was going through your, this is switching to another question, but yeah. as I was going through your, your stuff today, especially your Facebook, um, I was noticing the bus, the old bus driver, thank the bus driver meme from yeah. the, the, the early summer. And the question I was thinking was, are there any specific memes that you have uh, like any meme trends that you've been responsible for for starting did you start the school bus meme no no i i mostly jump onto them i don't know like my brain i feel like it works slower like i'm never like the first person on a trend i mean i'm sure there's some stuff that i've done i forget right now people have told me that I was, like, responsible for some smaller trends, not, like, these giant ones. But, I mean, for, like, the bus driver thing, I'll see it for, like, two days and be like, eh, like, I enjoy this, but I have nothing to add. And then, like, three days later, when it, like, shouldn't be a thing anymore, is when I'll just, like, post, like, five or ten things about it. And, like, just, I think it's funnier to be late to the game. Well, I'll tell you, looking at the bus driver memes today, what got me thinking about like that, I was like, wow, I mean, like, you may not have started the trend, but you have the funniest versions of the trend. I was, I was still laughing at uh, those bus driver memes way after the fact, so. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's so hard to keep up. I did some bus driver memes, like, 
a lot of people did. The thing is now, compared to like like four years ago, maybe when I started, there was like a few hundred people making all of the content, like all of the memes, you know. But now everybody knows how to do it. Everybody has a newer phone. And honestly, there's probably like 50,000 people making memes every day. It's just unlimited content with like unlimited points of view. So I think that's way better. Yeah. Because uh, like everyone, everyone that uses a platform thinks that that's the only platform with content. But then you go to another platform and they are like, like every, everybody on Facebook thinks like all the memes start there. And then everybody on Reddit thinks all the memes start there. And same with Instagram. So I just think there's like thousands of kids that know how to make jokes now on their phone. Uh, one, of the, one of your friends, actually, who I think is a, a true meme trend creator is uh, Bo. You know, oh, yeah. sick tattoo of a wolf throwing yeah. bat- <clears throat> battery, uh, batteries into the ocean, car batteries mm-hmm. into the ocean. The baddest. Uh, yeah, he's got some funny ones, and uh, we're going to try to get him into the float tank in Boston, too, which is, which is leading me to the next segment here, which is how you got down here for your first float, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it was the beginning, uh, oh, it was the beginning of 2018, yeah. where you had started a GoFund page, and I mm-hmm. went back and saw it today, it was called Cabbage Cat Midlife, Midlife Crisis Adventure. Oh my god. Can you tell me about that seems uh, like distant history at this how, point? Yeah. How did that start? Like what 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 start what happened in your life where you decided I'm gonna try to get a car and drive across the country? Okay, so I'd say just like growing up, I always I wouldn't use the word like minimalist or anything, but I just really enjoyed like hiking, camping, like traveling i would just like sleep on people's couches all the time and go out on a friday and like come back a week later without planning it and so in november 2017 i went through a breakup and basically i just like left the apartment i had the honda and i had everything that i owned like packed into the honda with like no plan on what to do or where to go and at this point it's the first time in my life where i've ever worked 100 percent online on my phone so like i had in my head i just had no reason to be in boston anymore so like just you know break up depression for two weeks in a bed like talking to a billion people that were trying to help me feel better and it just like came the plan just came to me like I want to go visit all of these people that I've been friends with for so long, like all these opportunities to travel that I've had that I didn't take because of the like obligations I had at home. So I just decided like, I already saw like the Prius videos on YouTube, hotel Prius and all of that. Like people, you get 50 miles per gallon and like set your car up as an apartment. So I always was down with that idea. And that's what I just decided to do. I tried to get a loan. I tried to, like, do whatever I could to get a car, a $6,000 car. But, like, I don't know. I couldn't quite do it. They wouldn't give it up. So I was, like, my last resort, like, a week before I wanted to go. Because, like, when I make, like, a goal or a rule, like, I have to go. So I'm, like, I need to leave January 1st and do a complete year to, like, all 48 states 
just staying with whoever like messages me and like keeping videos and pictures and content going and just go like meet people and see the country and do whatever for a year just to decide where I want to end up like there's nobody in Massachusetts really doing anything like what I do that I want to be around so I mean New York and LA are obvious answers but extremely pricey and I just wanted to like go see what opportunities are there like what everyone else is up to like what cost of living is like everywhere else and climate so I just went and I made it to 30 states in like seven or eight months and I didn't quite finish because of a whole pile of other things mainly like well, yeah, well, well let's back up for a second so I wanted I want everyone to know here that you actually you crowdfunded a Prius oh yeah so the banks wouldn't give it up like I didn't have the history of credit or whatever and all that so yeah I did I made like a GoFundMe and I was like I need this six thousand dollar car like I want to travel to all these states and do this whole thing I just like posted it up and I think what did it get to like three thousand dollars I think it was yeah right at thirty five thirty seven hundred something like that yeah so I wanted the six thousand dollar car I sold the Honda for a thousand dollars to a friend basically I yeah, like I made it I got the car I was like this is all I need like I can pay it monthly but I can't pay it all at once so everybody helped me with that it was crazy people were like what somebody the internet bought you a prius like that makes no sense but well i thought it was the most beautiful story i've ever heard and it's interesting there's so many parallels to my life to yours now i'm 37 i think you're 30 right yeah so it wasn't quite a midlife crisis but i, I get you get where you're coming from like this is the perfect opportunity to do this and mm -hmm. what i found interesting about you was um I was living in Massachusetts at about that same age. I only lived there for like a year. Yeah. But I, li I lived in Lawrence, and I come to find out that you live near Lawrence, right? I was in Lawrence at the time. Right. So yeah. we, we both lived in the same area. It's a very um, small city. And uh, I had, uh, my, myself, I had a 2005 Prius for years. Now, what year was the <laughs> Prius that you ultimately ended up getting? It's a 2008, and I'm in it right now. That was my next question was, before we get to the journey, well, actually, let's let's just tell the story about the journey because it has some twists and turns. I think so. Yeah, you, you leave Massachusetts and you start heading down mm -hmm. the Eastern Seaboard, right? Yeah, yeah. So I found a map that was like how to go to all forty-eight states, and it's just like a circle, and um, you can start in whatever state you're in. So I was like, I'm in Massachusetts. It's January first. It's zero degrees. I'm going south to Florida first. You know, so I just went like. I think it might have been snowing. It was freezing. I went to a New Year's Eve party in Salem, Mass. And then I just, in the morning, I had my whole car filled with everything. The apartment was all set up kind of sloppily because, like, it was my first attempt and it was zero degrees setting it up. So I went, um, like, Rhode Island was first. I just showed up the next day. Like, some kid, some, like, SoundCloud kids from Facebook were like come through and I was like all right let's go so I just like went to their house and we chilled for like two days eating like at a bunch of restaurants in Rhode Island and like talking about music and Facebook people and like I was like all right that's it like I'm really doing this like <laughs> but anything that you do becomes a habit after I showed up at like 15 
random people's houses to stay over and just like talk like it eventually becomes normal like i feel like i'm kind of a shy person but it's just if you just like all right this is what i'm doing you can do it you know right well you know that's what i found amazing was you are you've crowdfunded this prius you've Mm -hmm. made this commitment to going out there on the road yeah i know with only thirty-five thousand followers i could essentially not every state maybe but every major Mm -hmm. city i have people that would want to hang out want to float Mm -hmm. maybe maybe do psychedelics something like that for sure and so with over a million followers um i'm sure there's like almost literally almost every town in every i mean you could probably (laughs) travel across the world in a a way oh easily Uh, but uh i didn't even use instagram for like i posted about it maybe like oh that's true yeah i remember that yeah you didn't really it was it was like I thought I might do that and make it like a big like travel Instagram page or whatever, but I just never felt right about it. And like all the people that I stayed with were from Facebook and I have 5,000 Facebook friends and still there's people in like every city, every state, you know? Right. That's what I was noticing as you would make your way down uh, towards like you were getting towards me at a certain point. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there was, you kept having to change the time to get with me because you had to make this obligation, or I think you went south to, to South Florida first, then you came back up to me. Yeah. Um, it, you were running all over the place in all these different states, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, um, something was happening every day. Like, Florida was a little bit wild. I I drove, I stayed in Florida for three weeks and drove, like, 6,000 miles or, like, 4,000 miles. It's the most I drove in any state by a long shot. Right. Well, Florida is only, like, 400 miles, 500 miles long. Yeah, it's like I went to Tampa, to Orlando, back to Tampa, to Orlando, to Miami, to the Keys, back to Miami, back to Orlando. Like, I just kept doing whatever. And I was like, I crowdfunded a car with 50 miles per gallon. And I'm just gonna, like, this is what I'm doing. You know, I'm not gonna be like, oh, that's too far. It's like, I got this car to go everywhere I wanted to for a year. So if someone was like, hey, you want to hang out five hours away and get a burrito? I was like, sure do. I'll leave now. That was awesome. I remember almost every meal was either some kind of like chicken wings or bur- burritos or some kind of amazing comfort food in a in a mm-hmm. new place every day. Yeah, yeah. And you were paying for all this with, I guess, making content for people or, or selling mm-hmm. ads, right? Yeah, I pretty much had like three clients the whole time. They all knew what I was doing. And it was making memes and um, running their pages like so i had i knew i had two thousand dollars a month you know well i'm sure uh like me i tried to just accommodate your whole stay here i think it was for like a day and a half i took care mm -hmm. of i'm and i'm sure it wasn't the only one right i mean sure uh, people trying to treat you right yeah for sure it was crazy it was amazing people were like you're not driving and you're not taking your wallet out for as long as you're with us like this is how this is how people are, like it was just like a strange story. People are letting a meme lord into their house, like you know, you would just go stay with these people you've been Facebook friends with for years. It's like even if you don't talk during that time, like we're liking each other's posts and like after a while you feel like you know each other and then you show up and it's like totally became normal, you know. Like, I'm hanging out with people's kids and, like, walking their dogs and going to breakfast with families and no matter, like, what age or anything, like. 
Well, you, you, you definitely have an affable energy. Like, that was the first thing. I, I knew that following you on Facebook and all your other pages, but mm -hmm. especially in meeting you, yeah. uh, you have a very kind, soft energy, and uh, you're it's very like easy to work yeah, with. People know that I'm like, or they think I'm, they know that I'm honest from my Facebook, and like, it's a public Facebook that has a lot of friends on it. And they see that I'm staying with everyone else and it's going fine. So, like, they're okay with it. Or it's like if I do, like, steal something or something, like, they know who it is, it would be a dumb idea. And, like, it's not my character anyway. But I think, like, just being so public about everything was why everyone was so trustworthy and stuff. I'll tell you, one of the most interesting things I saw from that trip was the the show you were making, which was called Memers in a Prius Drinking Kombucha. I thought that that was brilliant. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm so thankful. Thank you again for letting me be a part of that. Yeah. I was kind of disappointed, uh, not to ruin the story here, but uh, you didn't get to finish the show, I guess. In yeah. A way. But tell me about the genesis of uh, making that show and that idea and the people you, the meme accounts you talked to and the meme accounts you didn't talk to okay yeah so i started with like i was like let's do into the mild for for some reason like when i come up with an idea i just go really hard at it for a little while and like i don't know what it is but it never like <laughs> stays that forever so i did into the mild i did like maybe like 30 or 40 videos and edited them all and like learned all of that and I was traveling, so it's like you drive six hours a day to go to somebody's house that you don't know, and you don't want to just go in and start editing a video. Like, you become, like, actual real-life friends. You go out, you eat, you do all this stuff. So, like, just, like, the amount of time. I spent 24 hours a day, seven days a week, either driving or with people, you know? So, like, I didn't want to... The daily videos just became, like, something that I didn't feel comfortable doing anymore. So then I was, like, it was actually when I was staying with Spencer with Dab Bombs in Virginia. We were, like, I had an idea. I was, like, I was, like, the point of the Into the Mile videos are to show all of these people around the country that, like, made a name for themselves online through their phones. Like, people just working a regular job, going home, like, fucking around on their phone. And eventually, like, made something out of it. And, like, their stories. That was, like, what I wanted to focus on. So then that's where the memers in a Prius drinking kombucha idea came from. Just, like, all right, so even if I don't make a video every day, let's just have this to look back on. Like, me and this person, just, like, ten minutes talking in a car, but whatever. Doesn't matter. No editing. Just, like, there's an audience of people that want to see, like, two meme pages they follow. Just, like, speaking. Yeah. Well, I, I love it. I, I went, like I said, I went back again today and rewatched all six of them. And uh, so you're telling me that you did have video just come up with the, the memers in a Prius idea. Yeah, I did a lot. I probably, it stopped very quickly, like maybe in March. But in New York, like the first like couple weeks, I was doing a video every day. And then... It's like sometimes you're just exhausted, you know, like you just hang out with somebody and like smoke and watch TV all day. Right. And it's like I was spending so much time thinking, like, how can I make today interesting for viewers? Like, how can I 
and like everybody's in these crazy situations in their life and it's like am I like a vice reporter you know (laughs) I don't want to show up for any other reason than just like life experience and like hanging out and learning like I don't want to go somewhere being like this person is strange I want to record them for like the entertainment of others or something I just kept getting like strange vibes about the videos some people wanted to be some people didn't but didn't say and you know it's like you have to like have the conversation like do you want to be on videos and I just decided it wasn't what I wanted to do. Like, I just had to learn it by trying. Well, I'll tell you, um, that was one of the questions I'd always wanted to ask you, but I had forgotten before was, I'm sure there's some relatively known or unknown but big accounts in New York City that that you probably did meet up with. Did you end up recording with them and just not having that a part of, obviously, the Prius series? Yeah, exactly. Like, they're, they're all on other videos, you know? Okay. Like I, like I was with Adam the Creator. I have videos of him on Photoshop, like doing making memes. You know. Like oh, that's I was, cool. I was with Tank Sinatra. We did like something at a radio station, some game show type thing, and um, like Corn Fan. We we're like Corn Fan 420. We're eating burritos together, like Control Control. I was New York was like lots of people every day, and if I started it in New York, like. I did drive around New York all day in the Prius and stuff, too. And, uh, like, I could have had, like, 25 episodes in New York if I thought of the idea at that time. But I didn't start it till D.C. Right. Okay, so that's what I was the most... I was really interested in asking that question because I... I, I, I all those memers you just mentioned, I, I either follow or I'm kind of friends with or I know of them. So yeah. I'd always wanted to ask you if you'd met up with some of those guys, and indeed you did. So Yeah, are you, you can are you, see the Facebook page Into the Mild has those videos. Like, they probably stopped in March, but you can see all oh, every video I made is okay. on there. That was one I didn't... Uh, as much research as I did today, I did not get to the Into the Mild stuff, and I didn't realize you had a whole facebook page devoted to it yeah i just wanted like one place to put them all instead of like digging through my personal facebook you know okay um well you know for me personally i was actually glad that it all the the ones you actually did the videos with with Mm -hmm. the which i again if anybody is not really understanding what the members in the prius drinking kombucha it's a play (laughs) it's a play on the jerry seinfeld comedians in cars getting coffee Mm -hmm. which i think is hilarious so um you did six episodes, and starting with the Spencer, which was that, which is Dab Bombs, but that yeah. account has now been taken down. So he's more well known now as Memes for Memers. Mm-hmm. But all six of these videos are on YouTube, and I'm actually number six. And uh, so I guess we'll just skip on down, unless there was anything else you wanted to say about your trip prior to coming down to Florida. If there was any particular uh, interactions or situations or any places you went of, uh, you know, note. On the way down to Florida, so it was a whole bunch of cold cities for a while. And, like, it was just meeting people, like, parking, driving, you know, all cities. All cities are, like, pretty similar. And then once I started getting to, like, North Carolina, things started to change, you know, more more remote places. And basically, I think I went, like, three months with people, seven days a week all day every day and like i was just like exhausted 
because like you know you're always on not your schedule like you can't just pass out for a day like really in those situations because I just kept filling my schedule up so I was like I'm just going camping I went to South Carolina like on the ocean there was palm trees I was like I did not know there was palm trees here but I just took like my first two days just like slept in the car and like hung out at the beach for two days like totally alone I just wanted to like catch up on like journaling and everything else that I haven't had time to do and I figured I'd sleep for like a full 24 hours straight and I like sort of did almost well I can imagine uh couch surfing for a couple months or sleeping in your car Mm -hmm. it can't be the most restful sleep yeah yeah I did pretty good like I can sleep anywhere I have like no uh I'm not very hard to take care of but yeah it's just like you go meet somebody like at 9 p.m randomly you stay up till like six because you just met them and you're just like talking and stuff so like you there's it's impossible to have any habits or schedules living that lifestyle like i can't just be like 4 p.m i need to be at starbucks uploading video you know it's like right you're totally just rolling with the world and like it's not a normal situation for anyone to be in but yeah i figured like if i just like went camping alone for two days every month or two like i'd be good like, it's a solid reset into nature. And, yeah, like, shortly after, I was in Florida for a while, and we hung out, like, what, March 10th-ish? Yeah, something like that, middle of March sometime. Yeah. And it was highly, highly, highly anticipated by me because, again, I had been basically watching you uh, the past four years with your <laughs> meme accounts and then actually DMing you a little bit, talking to you, you being a nice guy. And then finding out um, you were going to be making your way across the country. And I'm like, well, this mm-hmm. will be the perfect opportunity because I'm going to just go into a little story here where prior to you coming down to Florida, I had basically this acid trip where the voice told me to reach out to bigger accounts and try to get them in the tank mm-hmm. to because um, you, you know, you, you affect over a million people with your content and other accounts, same thing. And so if I could have someone shift their consciousness slightly by relaxing and, and getting in the flow tank, I yeah. could I could basically microdose reality because mm-hmm. um, that's what I'm doing with the memes. And so that was when I found out you were coming down, I had previously, prior to you coming down, I had sent about five or six um, to, to female memers because I had mm-hmm. I, what I do is I get online and I see some of these women uh, suffering particularly bad um, I won't name any accounts but I had gotten I had acquired uh, floats for all of them and I was assuming that they were going to do it and they needed my help but none of them would float which was yeah. fine um, mm-hmm. you, can, you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink so <laughs> For sure. Um, when I saw you coming down here, I'm like, well, finally, like this will be my opportunity to uh, get you in the tank. And uh, you, you did come down, which was mm-hmm. wonderful. You made your way down, and I thought it was just going to be you. Um, yeah. And but to my surprise, and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm like you, I'm a very go with the flow kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was going to be a, maybe two days of me and you hanging out hardcore maybe floating, tripping, whatever we ended up doing. Yeah. And what actually ended up happening was your, I guess it's your still girlfriend, correct? Mm-hmm. Mariah. Yeah. Uh, 
I guess you guys just started dating recently um, during the time of this year. Like, what, when did you guys start dating? Like, I want to say it was like July, maybe June. I should know. She's going to get mad at me for not knowing. But yeah, we like officially started, <laughs> we officially started dating in, what was it? Oklahoma. <laughs> Wow, I didn't even know you made it that far. Yeah, yeah. I was so, Colorado, Oklahoma, Texas. Made it pretty decent. So she ends up, uh, I ended up thinking it's just going to be me and you. I'm going to be floating one tank. You're going to be floating in the other. And I'm going to just yeah. be accommodating you. And she ends up coming down, which actually worked out better because I floated a million times. Like, mm-hmm. uh, But she had never floated either. And so, yeah. and, and she in particular also needed to float Um which was wonderful. So I got to introduce two people to floating. I made a new friend. I made mm-hmm. two new two new friends. Um, and so your first float was at with me, right? It was at that was your yeah. first float ever, right? I just wanted yeah. to make sure because I've known you floated so many times now. I kind of get lost. But you are so the first float you ever had was in Orlando. Orlando. Yep, in Orlando, Castleberry to be exact. Total Zen float, and you and Mariah both floated. Um, how was the first float? It was great because. I mean, I'm glad that I waited to get just like the way that how many times you've done it, how good you are at explaining what to do. I mean, it's extremely simple. You're laying down in a tank of water, but like just like the not too hot of a shower so you don't sweat and like all those like 10 little tips that you gave have have helped me to just like be totally okay and never make a mistake since. So... Learning that was great with you. And at that point in Florida, it was extremely, I was probably one of my busiest times of the entire trip was Florida because I would stay somewhere for like a night. Like, okay, we're staying at this campground and then driving four hours and going here to a show until 2 a.m. and then driving six hours to go here. It's just, that was like the most driving I did. So when I got to Orlando, even that morning, I woke up at like 3 a.m. to pick her up at the airport five hours away and then go meet you. So I got into that tank and like if it's a way to reset you, like that was the most extreme way to do it, you know. Well, I'm glad that uh, I had the honor of being there with you and to be mm-hmm. the float, float master that day. Um, for those that are listening that don't know some of the tips I gave John, uh, one of the tips was when you get into the tank, they're going to go to a float center and they're going to make you take a pre-shower. Um, a lot of times you can avoid this as a man. If you take a shower beforehand, you don't wear any uh, hair product. We don't usually wear makeup as a man. So you usually, if you're not sweaty and you come in, you can just get in the tank. That's preferred. But most women do have to take a shower um, because of uh, stuff in the hair, makeup, what other you know stuff they wear, perfume. They're not allowing that into the tank. And so you have to take a pre-shower. Well, you've got to take a lukewarm or room temperature pre-shower because if you get into the tank hot, you're going to sweat. If you sweat, you're going to want to touch your eyes, and your eyes are going to have salt water on them, which will get in your eyes, which will then, you know, you'll have to get out. I think some of the other t- tips were to uh, obviously make sure you pee. Um, mm-hmm. We ate, we ate light. We ate a light lunch. Actually, you didn't even eat a lunch then. That was good. Um, we just had smoothies. We had smoothies, and uh, to center yourself in the tank, 
and uh, with your arms and to uh, no expectations is another tip. Don't don't mm-hmm. don't take in the 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 memes or what I've said the or what Joe Rogan or what you've seen in altered states. Don't take that into the tank, mm-hmm. but just relax with no expectations and let it yeah. work. Yeah, it's, it does. Uh, it does what it needs to do by itself. Like the situation always works exactly how it should. Now, how many times since then have you floated? I think. Go ahead. I'm only at four. I'm, so let me let me count. So totals in float. Uh, sacred uh, floats and gems. Tampa. East, yeah. East Coast in mm-hmm. Philly, and then just now at Boston. Yeah, that's the four. Have you had any variations in your floats at those four? Have they all been different? Have they all been the same? Have they gotten better? Have they gotten worse? Um, let's see. So the first time was definitely intense. I think it was just because of how like sleep-deprived and wild I was. Because we did, what, 90 minutes the first time? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like... So you go into some weird places sometimes like I can't tell if I'm dreaming if I'm lucid dreaming if I slept like if time passed <laughs> you know like once you get steady and your body forgets it's a body like time is a strange thing there because um, sometimes the music will come on at the end like when your time's up they play the little jingles and like you're like oh my god was that two hours was that 15 minutes like it's really hard to tell, but I think the last time I went, it was hard for me to focus for some t- for some time. I mean, it happens to me a lot. I just have an incredibly active brain. Like, I stay up till two in the morning every night thinking of things, but I still always in the tank get to a point where I disappear into the darkness and like whatever happens happens, you know. Right. I still go sober every time. I, I just enjoy that better. That was another thing I was going to say. Um, when we first met up in Florida, mm-hmm. this, was in, this was in March of 2018, so I was still smoking like a chimney. And one yeah. of the things I was surprised with you was you would not partake. You did not partake with me in those basically almost 48 hours, 24 hours and a half we were together, yeah. um, which I thought was interesting because in general, I find most Instagram pages are either people they are smoking weed or they're weed weed centric. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I found that refreshing about you, actually, and you were actually you weren't uh, you were like totally you were chilly the way like you allowed me to do what I needed to do. There was no judgment, um, and you've, you that was one of the things I liked about you the most was you were just chill. Like you didn't need it. But you didn't need to make me feel any way about me doing it. You were totally yeah. cool either way. So that's actually good because one of the things I tell people on the, the Instagram page is, you know, we're doing psychedelics and talking a lot about smoking weed. And everybody's like, should I go sober first or should I do something? Should I smoke weed? Mm-hmm. And my advice is to go sober so you can have a baseline experience of what floating's even about. Yeah. So it's good to hear that you've gone all for sober. Yeah, I go sober. I mean... Lately, like, I'm 30 years old. I don't know. I just, like, need to be in control at this point. I just feel like that anything could change. I've gone years where I smoked every day. I've been smoking a lot at night. Like, I just take, like, three hits off a joint before bed, pretty much, and, like, read stuff online for a few hours. But I get blasted off, like, two hits. I don't know what changed in me. 
I used to be able to just like face 10 blunts in a row after school in high school, but I do not have that tolerance anymore. And I definitely get anxious when I use it. So no driving for me, even though people always think that's ridiculous. I'm like, yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can't drive after smoking, but like, I feel like I'm driving at like a 45 degree angle on the highway and I'm going to have a panic attack. Yeah. But no, I get that. For me. But also like, I know people or how I grew up was smoking all day, every day. And I know tons of people that still do that. So for them, they'd be comfortable floating and getting out and just like existing in public high. And I just like, don't feel comfortable doing that. Well, yeah, I think you're like me now, where if I went back to it, I would be in that same state of, uh, like, I'm not saturated with THC, and so my tolerance level is gone. Yeah. So I would probably experience the the paranoia as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, one thing I'll say about people who do smoke and go in the tank is they're less inclined to remember. Like, I've never had any epic experiences stoned, whereas yeah. the, the sober experiences, I've actually had some kind of transcendental leaving my body or have a little bit of a open, like even though the eyes are open, it's pitch black. And so you can still have, it's weird, you can have visions, yeah. or you, you can see colors, but those have only been sober. Um, but uh, one, another question I have for you is, being that you've been to four different float centers, mm -hmm. um, do you prefer a float tank or a float room? Once you're in, it makes no difference at all. I do like the idea of float rooms. I think that the float room is just like looks like a cooler experience. But I'm also down with the pods. Pretty much like if we reserve two spots, I let Mariah pick which one she wants because she's like has more opinions on it than I do. But in New Jersey at East Coast, like those rooms were like mint condition. Was, oh yeah it was the first time i saw that and it was like a really new facility so that was just like wow like all these people ask me about floating now like every time i see somebody like because they gave me a hoodie you gave me the shirt so like right you know, yes and i, I, I have i like love no, that i have like no clothes because like i was just like pretty much traveling out of a backpack so i'm like wearing float stuff like half of my life now and everybody asks me about it, and all everybody obviously says, like, oh, my God, like you're locked in this room. I'm like, you're not locked in. You can get out whenever you want. Like, it's you open the door when it's over. Yeah. But just seeing the room, I was like, that is the answer to all of these people who think they're locked in a tiny pod, you know? Well, right. And another thing I'll say about the claustrophobic effect is as many people as I floated in a tank, it's only claustrophobic when you leave the light on mm -hmm. where, where you can see the walls. If you can't yeah. see the walls, you're basically in an infinite space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't matter as long as you're not moving, which is, you won't be. <laughs> so I just love like you open your eyes or close your eyes. It looks exactly the same. Like there's nothing that changes whether your eyes are open or closed. So Shout out to Totals in Float. Shout out to Sacred Floats and Gems. Shout out to East Coast Float Spa, Matt K. And then specifically tonight, our sponsor is uh, Float Boston. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've actually had some people float at Float Boston as well. My attorney, who lives up in Boston, she's floated there before. Yeah. She's had a wonderful experience. Can you tell us about your experience specifically at Float Boston? Yeah, that place is amazing. Um, it's like the float community 
is just like the nicest, most like generous and welcoming community like I've seen in quite some time. The people there were just like so nice and they helped us out with everything. Like we kind of knew stuff. We stayed there talking for like 40 minutes after. It's in a good location in Boston too. It's not like extremely trafficy or hard to park, you know. You can park behind a CVS for like two bucks for three hours. So you have no like worries about any of that. And they had they had rooms and pods. I went in the pod. Mariah went into the room. So I mean for like it's a small space, but it's in like a really cool part of Somerville. Now, just like, is Somerville relative? I used to live in. Uh, I used to live near Weston. I go into Boston all the time. Mm-hmm. Is it what, it? what? How far is it from like somewhere like Fenway? How far is it from like deep downtown? Um, depending on traffic. I mean, Somerville like is Boston, in my opinion. Oh, okay. I'd say it's like the outskirts of Boston, where like you're not deep into the city, but it's it's expensive still. It's everybody that like lives there works in Boston or around there. Is that uh, northeast Boston? Like, yeah, it's like north. I'd say 15 minutes. You know, okay. like real, clo- real close to Boston. Is it near like Cambridge? Mm-hmm. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, Cambridge and Somerville are the same thing. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. In my head, yeah. Okay. Well, that's the thing. I remember when I lived in Boston, or I lived near Boston, I'd go into Boston. If I got lost, the GPS could never catch up to itself because the roads were built for horses. And so it was (laughs) a bunch of squiggly lines going everywhere. Mm -hmm. Boston was always a nightmare for me to drive in. Same. Yeah, I mean, I've lived 30 minutes from Boston pretty much my whole life, and I don't go. I go... If somebody needs a ride to the airport, you know, or like to support a friend's art show is the last time I went. But I just I just have no reason to go. The food's three times more expensive and it's like thirty two dollars to park. Or you can take the train that takes an hour and whatever. But I'm just I don't know. I'm an old man. I don't go to the city right now, but I'm moving to one. Oh, that's right. Uh, before we switch over to that, uh, one more mm-hmm. A couple more float questions. For sure. What are, do you have any advice for a first time floater? Because it's hard for me to do it now because I've been so deep into it for so long, but you are relatively fresh. What would you tell, how would you sell a float to a first time floater and what kind of advice would you give them? Basically, it's like there's so many human experiences that we've already tried. I mean, just the fact that all of these float centers are existing and so many people are so passionate about it and i know firsthand a ton of people that it helps physically and mentally and it's helped so many people get through things it's like why wouldn't you try it once (laughs) you know like it's just an experience that's very interesting no matter like what you think about it so i think for everybody it's worth trying once because you don't have to worry about it like you just go in and you lay down and like you're you're floating there's no way to not float and you just like disappear like it's the only way where it's pitch black there's no sound and eventually your mind forgets that your body exists because of the anti-gravity so it just brings you into like you know it's like a the easiest natural psychedelic like aside from like 
streaming or lucid dreaming or something that you can turn on just by going. It's just an experience that I always say yes to like everything, you know, like I try things. Right. Yeah. You I'm, are I'm careful. I'm careful about like psychedelics and drugs. Like they always affect me really strongly. So like I'm careful and nervous about stuff like that. But if it's just like a human experience, like some technology or something, like I want to try everything once. That's how I learn and like grow. That was my next question, actually, which was, so you did your first float with me in Orlando. Then we went back to my hometown. We went back to Cocoa Beach. We went back to Melbourne. We stayed in uh, Melbourne Beach. We got a hotel, me, you, and Mariah. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had basically a mushroom ceremony. Mm -hmm. Um, First question is, what what was your experience with psychedelics prior to um, our experience, if any? Um, so mushrooms, like, I probably did, I did an eighth of mushrooms, maybe like 10 times, and a gram of mushrooms, maybe like 30 times. It's been a lot, but, uh, LSD, the first time I ever did LSD was with Mariah this year, in maybe February or so, but aside from that, those are the two those are the two psychedelics I've done. I just grew up with, like, you know, the propaganda about LSD, like, going into your spine and being made by, like, scientists or whatever. So you can trip at any time. Like, for some reason, that scared us in high school. So we just, like, stuck with mushrooms. But I would have, like, my buddy would, like, take a bus to New York and get, like, a pound of mushrooms. So we would just have them, like, sitting around at parties and, like, People would just be, like, drinking, playing beer pong, and then, like, watch a movie and, like, eat mushrooms out of the bag, like, popcorn or something. So I definitely grew up with a lot of that. And just, like, with anything, like, I get anxious when I smoke. Like, mushrooms is kind of scary to me as long as I'm... I have to be, like, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I'm comfortable with this situation, and I'm just going to chill. Like, it was in uh, in Florida with you guys. Like, I thought it was... A, overall like very positive experience i think our conversations were like amazing i learned a lot that night and at the by the end you know i just like curled up in the bed i was like all right y'all i need to go like think alone for a minute totally then we did it right that night too we did uh proper set and setting and Mm -hmm. we did proper harm reduction what i mean harm reduction with the mushrooms in particular we ate light. Uh, we ate smooth. Mm-hmm. We had we had smoothies, and uh, we didn't put anything really too heavy on our stomach. And I let you pick out as many as you wanted to take, which is mm-hmm. my gen- my general methodology to giving people to dosing people is to say, you take as much as you think you need, and then by the time they start to hit, you probably want us. You'll probably stop eating them. And so, what the mushrooms told me before is, um, we control the dose. Uh, we control the experience, and so. I let people, in, you know, especially someone like you who has some experience with it, choose their own, you know, I don't say eat five grams or eat two mm-hmm. grams. Eat what you need to eat because the mushroom is going to give you the lesson you're going to need regardless. So uh, we, I agree. We had a wonderful experience that night. And again, I am just so infinitely thankful that you made your trip. You, mm-hmm. you, you came down there. You, you spent time with me. And then the next day, it was a little, it was very nerve wracking for me actually because um, we had just come out of the trip, and yeah. we'd, had, we'd had a long night, and mm-hmm. we we needed to do the video. I really wanted to do the video, <laughs> yeah. And so I got to be on episode six of uh, the the Prius in Kombucha mm-hmm. uh, series, and actually, 
it, it was a wonderful thing because I told you this before, but I had always been adverse to kombucha because I had seen many times how it was made. And so mm-hmm. I I'd never actually tasted or drank kombucha with, with anyone, never had it at all. And so um, I was actually glad to have like that first experience of not only doing the video with you, but having to like literally when I did that video, that was my first sip of kombucha ever. So um, that's on video now forever. And so, if anybody <laughs> want to go, if anyone, if anybody wants to look that up, it's still on YouTube. Yeah, um, you can go check it out. So again, I thank you for um, letting me be a part of your meme journey. Um, it and was so incredible. A- it was. And so after that, you left Florida. And so I want to hear the rest of the story of the Prius. Okay. So yeah, I left Florida after a lot of. Florida was wild, just like Florida is supposed to be. Yeah, and then I drove to New Orleans, and basically I stayed in New Orleans. At this point, I was with Mariah because I picked her up at the airport. She said she was going to fly out of Florida back to New Jersey. She wanted to get out of the cold and, like, you know, just spend a week or two in some nice uh, weather. But, yeah, we ended up just, like, staying together, like, no plans at all kept on going and meeting new people i stayed in like mississippi um like a friend of mine on facebook we never really talked but he was just like hey like we have this giant cabin in the woods in mississippi you can stay there as long as you want i was like all right let's go we ended up staying for six days like it was just like amazing and I didn't know. Mississippi, it's, like, a extremely long drive to anywhere. And, like, the biggest city there was not a big city at all. It took us, like, two hours to find at Whole Foods for groceries for the week. But, yeah, it's just, like, every situation was so different. I went to – we went to Texas and stayed with, like, a kid I went to high school with. And then that was, like – Three weeks later, Mariah ended up flying back to New Jersey. She had some stuff to do back there in New York, too. Um, Yeah, so then I was alone again. I went to, I stayed in Texas a while longer, went to New Mexico. And once I just, like, seeing Texas and New Mexico and, like, these places that I haven't seen before ever, like, the nature was just, like, amazing and, like, the landscapes. And I was like, I really need... Like, the people is the most important thing of why I'm traveling, but I need, like, much higher percentage of nature and, like, camping alone and, you know, just, like, reflecting on life and situations. So in New Mexico, I camped alone a few times, like, in White Sands. is like, a really intense place that, like, doesn't look like Earth in any way. And um, I went into, like, that cave in new mexico like 800 feet deep into like a crystal cave it's like those days were just wild new mexico is like the most like amazing natural place that i made it to and then you drive up to california or drive up to colorado and um it just switched from like new mexico was just like brown you know and colorado was like similar but it just started turning green and like there was snow at the top of the mountains and driving in Colorado was the wildest place to drive out of anywhere. Like 
I drove in New York City in a blizzard in the Prius the first day I got there. It was like three feet, like nobody was driving anywhere. And I'm just like sliding around. I got to where I needed to be. It took like six hours to get there. That was the scariest driving until I was like in Colorado driving on these like 10,000 foot mountains. There's just like these old pickup trucks like going like 60 around these yeah. corners. And I'm just like, wow, these people, like everyone says Massachusetts drivers are crazy. Like, no, the people that live in these mountains are the crazy ones, you know? Yeah, man. Um, I've driven to Colorado before and it was scary. I did not like it. I mean, I'm coming from Florida though. So mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a huge difference. But yeah. uh, you've got those lanes where those semis can just skid off to if they have to, if the brakes yeah, go out. Yeah. And, and you've got the, the falling rocks are everywhere mm -hmm. potentially. So yeah, I was not a big fan of driving in Colorado, yeah. but it was beautiful. Yeah, it's it's really nice, and it was just new to me. Like, I've been to mountains in New Hampshire before, but not, like, Colorado mountains. And, yeah, I went back, like, so uh, I ended up meeting up with Mariah again, and some emergencies came up in New Jersey. So I was like, so we decided to, like, switch the plan, the map, and we were like, okay, like, why don't we drive back to all these states that I haven't done yet and then do New England while it's warm. And then by the time we're done, we'll go across the top and be in California at the end of the year. Like the, the idea and the map worked pretty well that way. So we did about 10 more states after that, like Oklahoma, hanging out with people. Um, See, I didn't know you did that. I knew you had... Okay, so this is where I this is where I kind of lost your journey. You were in Colorado, and I thought the Prius died at some point. Did it not? Uh yeah, I had to. It was like a seven hundred dollar hit. Okay, <laughs> but so you were. Go ahead. Yeah, it just set me back for like a minute, but I mean, it was bound to happen driving that much. So you get the Prius repaired in Colorado, and then do you did you flew back to New Jersey, right? Um. Oh, so yeah, I flew back for a funeral from Colorado and I left my car at a hotel in Colorado for a week um, and then I flew back to Colorado and then the whole situation happened where I decided to uh, help Mariah with some stuff so we drove back to New Jersey and oh, then from oh, New Jersey okay. I just like we ended up coming back to Boston and then like New Hampshire and Maine a little bit like we've been bouncing around here but yeah pretty much like money and a bunch of other situations just kind of made traveling i don't know like i had just have to postpone it you know yeah did you make any more videos with memers in the prius only john Camunes. i don't know if you know him what's his page like he ran a bunch of just like small projects on facebook he's just like Okay. Basically, it's just his name on Facebook, because that came from the Facebook world. But I think he was episode seven, and I think that was the final episode. Oh, I had I didn't see that one on your uh, YouTube page. I, did, I I must have forgot to put it on YouTube. It's it's on the Facebook page. Oh, okay. That's where I was looking today. I was on the YouTube page. Yeah, because I would like upload stuff to both, but like. It got to the point where YouTube was just, like, weird and taking too long. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I was like, all these people I'm staying with and everybody that's interested in this is on Facebook. 
So I'll just put them on Facebook and share it that way. I didn't expect it to be like a Facebook mission, but it just like turned out that way. So I focused on it. So how many states did you ultimately get to see? 30. 30 out of the 48. That's not bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. I can definitely do it again. It's just, I basically went out to meet people and learn. And like I did that, you know, like doing all 48 would have been tight, but it didn't work out. Um, I mean, I still have time, but like the pe- some people that I met in Atlanta are doing like lots of cool stuff. So uh, Mariah has a lot of friends there too. So we're going to stay there. We got an apartment for three months starting next week. Awesome. I'm glad we got this episode in the can and you floated mm-hmm. in Boston, which is your hometown. That mm-hmm. means a lot to me. I'm sure it yeah. means a lot to you. Yeah. Funny enough, I used to live in Atlanta as well. <laughs> so it's another like mirrored Where? experience we're having. I used to live in uh, near Buckhead or not near Buckhead, mm-hmm. um, uh, off of uh, Memorial Drive near Stone Mountain, just mm-hmm. outside the perimeter. Uh, not Buckhead. It was... Uh, Buckhead's in the north, but on the east yeah. side of Atlanta. Where, where are you uh, Okay, um, It's, like, pretty close to Midtown. Through friends on Facebook, like, we found a really good deal. It's, it's a month-to-month situation, so we're just going there for a little bit. Like, for two people to live there is, like, 700 a month, you know, or something. So, compared to Boston, that's, like, free. Oh, true, true. To live, well. like close to but i mean it's gonna be warm i never lived in like a different climate before i just i want to go for like a year i want to still live in different places but not travel like daily you know well the good thing is i have floating connections in atlanta as well so amazing we'll have to get you in the tank in atlanta i know there's a bunch of memers that have just moved to atlanta as well Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's popping. They're working on a project, and we're mm-hmm. going to get them in the tank soon, get some of them on the episode. Yeah, hopefully, are... hopefully, it'll be at least uh, uh, Gay Vape Shark, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, n- namaste at uh, Home Dad. Mm-hmm. And my friend from South Florida, who's now in Atlanta, Bunny Memes. So mm-hmm. yeah. you, all, you all will be in the same area. I know. We- those are some incredible people from the internet. They are. And, Did I meet uh, any of them? Um, I met Bunny Memes. I didn't meet anyone else yet. We've been friends for a while, though. Did you meet her at an art show? Yeah, in New York. Okay, yeah, she went to that art show. I've been trying to get to these meme art shows. It just not. It is. It hasn't been in the cards for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, they look like they're fun. I know. There's been a few things that I wanted to go to recently, but I just like needed... I just, like, had no routines or goals or anything after traveling. Because, like, traveling was the only goal, like we talked about. But now it's, like, I'm realizing how impossible it is to even running a very small freelancing business. Like, running all these pages. Like, there's a lot of stuff you have to do every day. And it just makes it so much easier to try to form a routine, you know? Yeah. Instead of just being anxious all day about what you're forgetting, like, if you just have a list of the things you need to do, like, you can pretty much do everything in, like, 10% of the time if it's written down. 
So I'm just learning stuff like that right now. Same here. I've learned that if I can wake up with a list at about 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning and just work mm -hmm. down my list, yeah. I, I feel accomplished and I get most of the stuff done. Because mm -hmm. it's like if you don't do that, like the whole past two years for me, like you just, I just like never feel relaxed. I'm like, I can be doing more. I can be doing more. But if you just make a list of like, you don't have to make it an unachievable list. Just like if I do all these things, I'm fine, you know? Like, it's a little extra than bare minimum. Like, you know, you find your place, and it just makes everything so much more relaxing. Well, we are almost at two hours, which I cannot actually even believe. Um, Me neither. Was there anything that you're working on, anything you want to shout out, anything you want to plug? Um, right now? I don't think so. I'm just lurking right now. I'm just working on Cabbage Cat. I'm trying to make way more memes for a lot of people and for myself. That's part of my goal. With uh, I'm stealing Adam the Creator's one meme a day minimum thing. Even though I'm already doing that for ghostwriting them for other people, but like one Cabbage Cat meme every day, like whether it's good or bad, you just like that's how you form the habits, and it becomes like natural, you know. Well, I'll tell you, I, I run, uh, let's see, I run uh, Float Universe, Homo Noeticus, mm -hmm. which is a spiritual account, uh, Post Float Glow, yeah. and uh, those just those three alone, mm -hmm. you know, if you can squeeze one good meme out a day, like, you got to do it three times over, and you've got, <laughs> and you ghostwrite, and you have yeah. all these other accounts, mm -hmm. so I, I definitely know where you're coming from when yeah. it's, you know, to, to come up with an original idea, and, uh, you know semi-viral, semi but uh, yeah, well, you know, you're one of my favorites. I love you so much. Um, thank you so much for, for coming on this show, the first episode. Hopefully people will like it, but you know, mm -hmm. my philosophy is is to podcast like nobody's listening. Yeah. So it's just been a great conversation with you I mean, to, to, oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's content. It exists. It's, you know, I think it's great. I'm not a very good um, public speaker. You know, I was a little nervous, but we I did a long tell. time. We I did a long tell. time, and it's <laughs> well. That's what I was worried about. Was I was going to be done in like half hour? You know, like mm -hmm. a half hour worth of questions. Yeah. But I knew once we got talking, we could flesh this out. Oh yeah, and we could talk for a long time. This was my first time ever doing this. I've been on a few other interviews, and I think it's actually harder to be the be the person being interviewed mm -hmm. than the one asking the questions. And I had about twenty good questions, but. I've kind of added on to these things as we've been talking, as you've kind yeah. of inspired me. So if you've been, if you were nervous, I couldn't tell, like honestly. But you had really good questions too. Like you did some good, uh, good format on that. Good timing. Well, thank you. It really does mean a lot to me. Like, thank you so much. Like, I know not just me. You've inspired so many people to make their own memes. Um, just by like, and it's one thing I've noticed with myself, like just simply being kind to people, acknowledging mm -hmm. people. I know you can't acknowledge all the DMs now because I surely can't, and you get a lot more than me. So yeah, all the videos I've watched, all the all the people on I well, all so many people on Facebook, only those five thousand people, but they are so inspired. You bring so much happiness to people's days with the laughs, and even me, like I, I see so much content, but there's so many times I'm like almost at tears laughing at some of your stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just like. I just try to be honest and like everybody's like totally equal. I mean, I might even like look up to everyone else except for myself, which has something to do with it, but 
I just don't like there's no reason to judge anybody like we're all in a very strange situation doing our best for the most part so well that's where I'm I, coming I, from I got two more questions actually three more questions all right uh celebrity crush um Jessica Lang interesting uh, <laughs> any tattoos I do not have any tattoos same here. I can't have any permanent decisions. I don't know. I change my mind too much. That's basically been my philosophy on tattoos, too. I could not uh, decide on something forever. Yeah, like, I change Instagrams all the time, the names. Like, I change what I listen to, what I like too much. There's nothing. I haven't found anything permanent for my body yet. Maybe someday. And the final question is your zodiac sign. I am a Leo. Oh, I actually should have known that today because I saw in, uh, who was it, the one that, was it uh, Scariest Bug Ever that had the person in the back seat? Yeah, yeah. It was three Leos, right, in the car? That's a, right, yeah. A, a lion's den. I remember that. I did my homework, so. Mm -hmm. Well, everyone, uh, this has been the Float Universe Podcast Episode 1. This is John Truly. And you can follow him on Cabbage Cat Memes on Instagram, Doggo's Doing Things, Jazz Cabbage. He's a contributor to Top Tree and many other accounts. Apparently he ghostwrites, so check him <laughs> out, follow him, and you guys have a great night. Thanks again, John. Thank you, man. Love you. Love you too, buddy. God bless. Have a good one. Big thank you to Totals Inflow in Orlando, Florida, Sacred Floats and Gyms in Tampa, Florida, East Coast Float Spawn Princeton, New Jersey, and tonight's sponsor, Float Boston. Uh, you can check them out at floatboston.com. They are located in Somerville, Massachusetts. You can check out their center and make appointments online at floatboston.com. They love floating and they can't wait to share it with you. Please check them out. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Have a great day.